This week, we're calling all the city girls. Period. And by city girls, we don't mean the scammers. <laughs> do, uh-uh, do not talk about JT and Carisha like that. Don't do them. You know, they have a past, but they are reformed. But, you know, we, we've all been out here living our, our best city girl life at, at some point um, in different ways. But this episode, we are talking about making money, hustling, um, you know, securing the bag. Yes, we have a finance expert, and she actually... Uh, dubs herself a budget coach. Her name is Raya Reeves and she's from City Girl Savings. I've been following City Girl Savings for years, like since I was probably in early college on their Facebook page. Just gives a lot of good tips, really aimed toward women and um, their financial journeys. Um, So there's been more businesses opening um, and a large portion of that can be attributed to Black women. And so I was thinking... I'm an example of that, but so many other people I also know, like people have full-time jobs and then they also do hair. They also do nails. They're doing catering. They got vending machines. They got moving trucks. Like I respect it. I respect it too. But the sad thing is about that statistic that even though we are like, we're we're good for starting a business, we don't always get the funding and the support that we need, Mm -hmm. which is really sad. No, it actually really is. Um, And I do think there has been more awareness I brought up about that during the pandemic of like the disparities between black and brown small businesses that have been forced to close. But even so, we tend to just be so innovative and creative and, you know, turning these talents and skill sets into a monetary profit. And it's like, I feel like it's almost in our blood. Like I found out that my mom's, this would have been her great aunt. So like my, her grandmother's sisters, they actually owned a, um, a laundromat like in Black Bottom in Detroit. And they, she employed her whole family. She had them ironing shirts, put it in in boxes and doing all of that. Now, some of that history, you know how some of that stuff gets lost after people die and stuff. But I was really like inspired when my mom and granddad would tell me about it. Okay, I'm gonna detour the the conversation a little bit. You talking about Black Bottom, like that is history, but a lot of like a lot of that is because some of the businesses, majority of the businesses that were Black owned from that time frame, just like Black Bottom was destroyed, in all predominantly Black neighborhoods and cities, there pretty much were other businesses that were equivalent, where it's like they were thriving in these communities and they were destroyed forced to shut down, uh, bought out, all for mysterious reasons. So like that conversation lends more into like generational wealth and why some of that, we don't see as much as that in the Black community. Okay, I don't want to like derail us so much. And for you all that don't know, Black Bottom was an area in Detroit that uh, um, back in the maybe like 40s, 50s, around that time, um, where it was a lot of black owned businesses and just a very popular black area, but they, you know, you know how they do us, they put a highway through it. So they, you know, destroyed that really thriving community. But I was watching a video on Twitter about Pine Bluff, Arkansas, and how they have, they're building back like 
it's it's a hundred black owned businesses, but they've been investing a lot in Pine Bluff, Arkansas, and they have black leadership. It's just it's just um you know positive to see because that's not something that our generation has seen. Like my grandparents, they know that they've seen that. My granddad grew up in that, but I no, no, we really haven't. But I I am happy to see like a lot of businesses. Like there was like a a black owned beach somewhere, or even like someone else who like family was given older plantation like a lot of the things like land or businesses that were previously taken are now being returned to the rightful owners and I love to see it yeah reparations y'all that's really reclaiming our time reclaiming my time like it's important and we we deserve it Okay, but we really did kind of get off the subject. (laughs) We were talking about having, you know, these jobs, saving our money, but then also kind of having like other side hustles that we support ourselves from. Yeah, I mean, Kelsey has side hustles. I have my side hustles not as profitable as Kelsey's, but we all been there. We're there. Don't be calm my pockets because I miss <laughs> no, because no, like the thing is like when you are in business for yourself, it, it's still a job, right? And so that's still like mental time, that's physical time, like you know, so it's like, is the money I'm making worth the time that is putting into it? Or I've also like talked to people who really enjoy doing something, decided to monetize it. And then and it, they hate no, it. They hate it because it's no longer something that's like bringing them joy or you know, because yeah. now it's work. Yeah, I. You know what? Okay, we could derail this and talk about hustle culture a little bit. How I'm, I'm not a big fan of it, just because it really does make it seem like everything you have to do, you have to be thinking about ways to make money, even though. It's just like you got to be working twenty four seven, or the, them doggone rich people. Now that one, that's what be making me mad when they're they're like, you can't sleep eight hours. You need to be up. You need to be thinking. You need to be looking at the stock market. If y'all don't get yourself some rest and some peace, like you will leave up out of this earth quicker than you were supposed to. Hustling, hustling, hustling. So it is, you know, it's important to have those qualities, but also understanding like. There is more to life than making money. We all want to be comfortable, of course, but there's more to life than always scaling to the next thing, which I'm learning in and of myself because what I'm seeing is like, if I'm always looking at the next goal, like, okay, I got this degree now I got to get that degree or okay, I'm moving here. Well, I want to own a house, blah, blah, blah. You never really enjoy like the stage you're in. But I think, you know, it's all about balance. And so for some people, like they found the right balance and the right niche. You know what they say? Like, I want to be able to make money in my sleep. That's what I'm talking about. Like to have something like another stream of income where I don't have to put in a lot of physical work. Like that's ideal for me. So that's what I'm trying to get to because, you know, I'm trying to sit pretty. I'm not trying to, you know, always be like, you know, tired and running myself raggedy to do something for others. I like the new, we're really taking this episode way down the path we was not thinking about, but I like the new trend. I don't know if you've seen it, whereas Black women saying like, I want to live a soft life. Like we've been strong and strong and strong for a hundred dog on generations i want to live soft 
Yep. And I'm one of those people. Like, I want to be pampered. I want to feel pretty. Like, yes, I can be strong, but like, can't someone else lift it? Like, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just over it. Um, but okay, we're rambling. So it's time to get in the episode, y'all. Once again, um, we're all trying to get our money together. A lot of y'all out there have businesses of your own. So this is an episode to take note. So we are here today with Rhea Reeves of City Girl Savings. She founded City Girl Savings to teach and empower working women to reach financial success through better budgeting and money management processes, money mindset, sh- mindset shifts, debt payoff strategies, and true spending accountability. City Girl Savings strives to help women tap into their financial power, one budget at a time. Rhea, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I think that bio pretty much sums up how passionate I am about budgeting and helping women and people in general really turn their lives around with a budget. Yes, we went through your website and your social media and you have tons of awesome resources to help people, you know, make the best money moves in their life. So Really quick, what is the easiest ways for us to cut back and save in our daily and monthly expenses? Yeah, um, so this is obviously a very common question I get. And um, I would say the first place to start when you're looking for ways to cut back is start with the discretionary expenses. What are you constantly spending money on that's a nice to have, but not necessarily a need? So Are you always getting your nails done? Are you always getting your hair done? Are you always going out to eat or getting coffees? What can be cut back? I'm not saying cut out completely, right? But maybe you can find a little bit of a balance starting there. Um, Another place that you can look is your variable spending category. So think things like groceries, gas, things we spend money on on a regular basis, but they don't have a set amount or due date. Could you potentially reduce what you have going to those spending categories? And then finally, just do an overhaul of your actual bills and subscriptions. What can you get rid of? What are you not using? And start there. When she started going hair and nails, eating out, that read my entire life. (laughs) It can can really get out of hand. It can get out of hand, especially when you like to maintain. It can really, it can get out of hand. It can, it it definitely can. And just one thing to note on that, like I'm very much a firm believer in we should all be able to enjoy life in moderation, but we don't need to enjoy all the things. So find what really like speaks to your soul, stick with that and let go of the rest. That's good. That's really good. I'm going to, I'm going to learn how to do that. Um, (laughs) I've been a member of Raya's Facebook group for some years now. Can you talk to us about some of the success stories that you see um, within the Facebook group and within the women that you mentor? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, obviously I have the Facebook group, which you're a part of. I also have an Instagram community and then I have my one-on-one coaching and budget plan clients. And I would say just, you know, a, a standard, Um, growth mechanism across the board is a better understanding of my, my clients, my audience's financial habits and spending, right? As I mentioned before, I focus entirely on budgeting. And I think, you know, whether somebody works directly with me or not, or whether they're in the social media communities, I always focus in on what is happening with your money. Where's your money going? 
what money is coming in and what are you doing with it? And I think having people understand those intricacies of their finances has probably been one of the best um, growth mechanisms for, for me and for them, as well as testimonials. But some other things that my clients have accomplished are paying off debt, funding vacations with cash, um, building up emergency funds, starting their businesses. So many doors open when you get your money together. And I truly believe it all starts with the budget. And speaking of paying off debt, um, you know, for most of us, student loans have been paused for much of the pandemic. I just got an email this week that my student loans are going to be, you know, starting back up in January. So do you have any advice for those of us who are out of school on if we should have a strategy in paying down our student loan debt? Yes. So, you know, if possible, pay your loans through deferment, right? I know deferment, you know, across the board due to the pandemic is coming to an end. So get your budget in order now, right? We know the date is coming. So take a look at your numbers and see what can I realistically afford to put towards my student loans and make sure you factor that in. Um, another thing you can do is consider a, a repayment plan. So if you're not on any type of like income driven plan and your monthly student loan payments are sky high, see what options are available to you to reduce that monthly payment. Again, we want to make sure it fits in your budget. We don't want it to be lower just to be lower because you still have to pay that money off. But if it's truly just not realistic, make sure you can work to get some, a, a number that is realistic for you. And then my final thought on this, nowadays, a lot of employers are offering student loan assistance. They're either helping their employees pay down student loans, they're giving some reimbursement expenses. So really look at the benefits that are available to you through your actual company. Man, that's me. I always try to pay as little as possible. <laughs> so don't be like me, guys. <laughs> I get it. I totally get it. But, you know, the longer you wait to pay it off, the longer it's going to take you to pay it off. Very true. So you talked about um, some people being able to put money aside and start like a rainy day account. How much do you think that each of us should have saved a, a minimum? So I think that's such a loaded question. Um, the reality is everybody's situation is different. So a number that may work for me may not work for you, may not work for Susie, right? But I think if we kind of try to generalize it, take a look at your situation. Do you have high interest debt in the forms of credit cards or personal loans? If so, having money saved will not earn you nearly as much an in interest as you're losing having that debt. So maybe strive to have $500 to $1,000 saved for emergencies, then focus your efforts on paying down that debt. Now let's assume you don't have any debt at all. Your goal should be to save three to six months worth of your total expenses. I am going to be writing that down. <laughs> um, so ladies, we have our answer there. Um, I've seen that you offer some resources to help people that are interested in starting a business kind of take those first financial steps. So could you give us some more insight, you know, because a lot of us are entrepreneurs and starting our own things and wanting to leave our nine to fives. Can you give us some insight into what that looks like, what we should be doing before we go and launch our business? 
Sure. So, you know, I'm more of a conservative type of person. So if I take risks, they're very calculated. <laughs> um, so my advice is going to kind of lean towards that route, right? I think before you start your business and or quit your job to start your business, you want to make sure that your personal debt is paid. Um, just imagine having to worry about paying down your credit cards, but now you have costs associated with your business and things are tight. Like you're putting that energy into your new business and that doesn't really turn into fun or profitable revenue. Um, so definitely pay down your debt or at least have a solid plan in place for paying it down. It could be, you know, years away, but if you're working towards it every month and not accumulating debt, that's a great way to go. Um, also, have your personal emergency fund. We just talked about, you know, what would uh, be appropriate for your situation. So make sure you have that saved. That way, you know, unexpected costs come up all the time in personal and in business. So if you have that savings, you know, you have a little bit of a cushion to cover you when something comes up because it definitely will. Um, and I think the final thing would be to try to forecast what it's going to cost you to start your business before you start it, right? Like how much is the website going to be? Are you going to have products? Do you need to have like things printed out? What are your marketing costs? Like try to think of the things that you know you'll be spending money on to start your business and have that money saved prior to starting. It's going to make your life a lot easier. Again, if you don't have to be so focused on the finances when starting your business, you're going to be able to approach it from a place of abundance and ease, which is great for generating clients and revenue and new business. That's awesome. As we talk about um, kind of having your own business, and I see um, a lot of people are leaving the workforce. I saw this uh, hashtag on TikTok. It's called like the great resignation, like people just quitting their jobs. And, you know, I'm all for it. Um, but I know on your website, you talk about having different streams of income. Can you talk about the importance of that and maybe some ways that uh, our listeners can start to add in multiple streams? Yeah. So, I mean, I think what we've all seen with the pandemic, you know, either people being laid off or choosing to leave is no one source of income is guaranteed, right? Even if you have your own business, you just never know what the future holds. So the more streams of income a person has, the less risky they become in terms of having enough to cover what they need to survive, right? So um, if you have your day job and you're laid off, you know, and that was your only stream of income, what are you going to do? Now you're in panic mode. And again, that's never good. But if you have your day job, if you have your side hustle, if you are out there doing Uber, now you have three streams of income. So if one were to go away, you still have money coming in. Um, and so some ideas, I mean, I always try to recommend people kind of stick with their zone of genius and their comfort. Um, when you enjoy doing something and you pursue money coming from it, it makes it easier to grind through it. So, you know, what are you good at? What do people compliment you on? Can you translate that into a service or product? Um, if you don't want to go that route, you're not entrepreneurial mindset focused, then Consider Uber, Lyft, Shit, Instacart. Um, local companies need delivery drivers. Um, you could also take surveys online. You can find remote work, um, answer phones virtually. 
I think there are so many options out there. So it's a matter of what do you like to do? What are you good at? And how much time do you have to dedicate to it? I love that. There's so many ways to make money out here. Um, And so listeners that are like struggling and looking for extra revenue, like really do some research, like she said, and see what it is, like what products you can be providing, what services you can be providing. So many people are, you know, finding new ways, especially during this pandemic, to basically like come up with something new that they can offer. I actually do have a question. Um, about like credit cards when people are deciding like what type of credit card to get or um, how to manage like their credit card, making sure they're not overspending. Can you talk about that? Yeah. Um, So I guess we'll start with um, choosing a credit card. Obviously there's so many options out there. So think about the things that are important to you. You know, do you value travel? And if so, you'll want to stick with a travel credit card. Are you loyal to Marriott? Like no matter where you where you travel to, you're always staying at a Marriott. Consider a Marriott credit card. If you prefer cash back, like you just you just want money in your account, go with the cash back rewards card. So start by thinking about what's most important to you and what you could get the most benefit from, and then pursue cards from there. Um, any opportunity you have to get a credit card that has a small or no annual fee is going to be the way to go. But, you know, when you start getting into some of these more exclusive credit cards, the annual fee gets higher and higher. So just don't forget about that. Um, And then second, how to manage it. You have to have a budget, okay? Your budget is going to tell you how your money should be spent, what you can afford to spend your money on. Once you know that information, you can use your credit card for the things that you have budgeted and then pay it in full every month. That is the absolute best way to take advantage of credit cards and their perks. Once you pay it in full, you're not paying interest. The minute you start paying interest, those rewards aren't worth it. Credit card companies know what they're doing. The rewards are... Um, great. Again, if you don't have interest, but if you do have interest, you're losing money. Even if you're accumulating points and things like that, you're still losing money. So just make sure you know exactly what you can afford to spend, put only that on your credit card and then pay it in full each month. Thank you um, for that. And for all the advice that you gave today. Now, can you tell our listeners how to find you, how they can get in touch? Yeah, so I am across the internet at City Girl Savings. So you can also check out my blog, citygirlsavings.com. But as Chanel mentioned, I have the City Girl Savings Facebook group. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, all the good things. So wherever you are online, you can find me at City Girl Savings. And um, if you're interested in just learning more about finance, um, sharpening your knowledge, you can definitely check out the City Girl Savings website and schedule a free financial focus call with me. This week's tweet of the week comes from at she is Tyler. She writes, this strong black woman thing was very cute. We had a good run, but I now aspire to be a lady of leisure. I am looking for a soft place to land. As always, this has been Pretty Political. We hope you all have enjoyed this episode. Give us a comment. Give us some likes. Let us know what you think and what what else you'd like to hear. Uh, Until next time, this has been Pretty Political.